You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. Well, welcome to The Tuesday Club. Once again with me, Kyle Reese and Sean Hawley. Now, today is uh, a bit of a peculiar episode. It's the first time for myself and Sean to do something like this in the current situation in the world. But I am coming live from, uh, well, the piano section of my living room. And uh, Sean, are you there? Are you coming in? I'm here. I'm here. I'm uh, definitely self-isolated, Kyle. Um, it's the only way to get away from me, mate. <laughs> you had to say that, didn't you? You had to say it. Uh, but no, yeah, just uh, we just explained to all the listeners now that um, uh, about a week or so ago when we, um, well, the week before we put it, put Katrina's episode out, Katrina Balf, um, we had a feeling something like this was coming. So um, we very luckily was able to bag three amazing people in, uh, in one day in the studio before uh, all these um, very stringent measures were put in place. So... Now uh, we're having to um, top and tail these episodes with these uh, incredible interviews we've got. Uh, so Sean is sitting in the comfort of his his own home, and I am sitting in mine. So yeah. that being said, we've cleared that up. How has it been, Sean? I haven't seen you now for a week. What have you been up to? I know. It's, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, um, it's sort of... It's a bit of a novelty to start off. Um, obviously, always in mind, Kyle, how, how many people are struggling, mm. um, lives being lost, and then uh, when you're picking up the virus, and then you listen to all the uh, government announcements. Now, now Boris has got it. Um, but um, in, in your own little bubble, as I'm sure you are finding, and our listeners are finding, um, you're getting on with a few things that you don't normally get on with, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah. as we said before. As we said before on the podcast, then you um, spend a lot more time with your family. Uh, we've had our ups and downs, i got to say, me and the kids and the missus, because <laughs> we're not used to being, you know, in each other's pockets uh, 24-7. But yep, uh, yep. you're right what you say about the pod. We're really lucky to get some great guests, and we put it on. I'm sure our listeners will understand. Oh, yeah, um, of course you know, they will. The, the way we've done things. You know, we've recorded things ready for the next couple of weeks to, to keep them entertained, because quite frankly... The amount of downloads and listens we had for Katrina Bell was unprecedented for the Tuesday Club. It's gone through the roof, so we know we've got a lot more followers. Also, Calories, we've also got a load of Outlander fans. In Outlander America. Massive. Hello to all the Outlander Massive. And we've got to speak a little bit more slowly for them because you and I are so... <laughs> We're so excitable, mate, that we wrap it on in our Welsh dialect very quickly. That's it. So uh, apologies to all our US listeners, but thanks for downloading the Katrina Balf episode, and hopefully you'll stay in touch with Tuesday Club. Well, to be honest, mate, um, I think it was more of you, because they're all used to listening to me and my accent on the show, so <laughs> I think they just included me just to make yourself feel a bit better. But uh, no, I just want to say as well... Um, well, recently myself and uh, Amy, we've um, we've had a new little family member to the house. Uh, so you know, in during this isolation, unfortunately, uh, Amy is she works in a um, no promotional uh, with no brand names other than her own, but uh, she works in a in a company that is deemed to be necessary uh, to be open. Uh, she actually is the manager of the store, so she runs that. So I'm left here looking after our new little p- uh, pug puppy. So if you can hear any scattering. 
or any little noises. It's just him in in the background running about. So, and his name is. Oh yeah, sorry. His name is Frank. Frank the Tank. We hardly a tank. I've seen him. He's about the size of my hand. <laughs> yeah, we see, you did see him. We met when I brought him along, didn't I? Uh, when we recorded uh, those episodes on that day. And uh, if it, well, if he met two famous faces of rugby on the same day. I didn't have that when I was a kid. Yeah, he's lush, to be fair to him. Uh, he's a cute little thing. But uh, most of our listeners will be aware of what uh, a pug looks like. And they say that their dogs follow the looks of their owners. <laughs> I knew something like that was coming. <laughs> I've got a gorgeous black lab called Jack. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, He definitely get it. I've seen all the photos you're posting of him. He definitely gets his paws in from you. I can tell you how much. Loves the photo, mate. Loves the photos of Jackson. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, one, go on, go on. One of the things that, that they've been able to do, you know, the guidelines are saying you you can get out and do one form of exercise. I treat that as walking Jacks in the mornings. I get up really early because he's ready to go about half six. And um, quite frankly, where we are, mate, you know, uh, we've got a lovely valley, the Avon Valley, beautiful yeah. forestry river. It's been very, very, yeah. Go on. I was going to say the weather's been lovely. It's been amazing. So walking jacks for an hour in the morning, it's been quite cathartic, really. It's been lovely, but I, you know, and I don't see anyone else. It's just very safe. I get my exercise in, and then I lock myself down from about eight o'clock until seven o'clock the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what else have you been up to other than walking jacks? Then you've been uh, doing a bit of hard labour this week, have you? I've been painting my fence. Um, I just want to tell everybody who's listening. Obviously, you know, uh, me and Sean have been friends for a few years now, um, but since we started the pod, we do speak on a regular, uh, pretty much most days. And then uh, two days, um, I was quite busy myself with all the uh, baking, but um, I hadn't heard of him for two days, and I was just like, oh, that's a thought. I wonder if he's all right. So I sent him a text in the morning about 9 o'clock. I thought, yeah, he's been up since 5 o'clock, so didn't hear of him for a day, didn't hear of him until the next evening, text him, all right, what have you been up to? Oh, mate, painting the fence. My back has gone <laughs> on your knees, is it? Man, once I get in the zone uh, when I'm doing jobs on the house like that, as you know, I'm lucky. I've got a little bit of a back garden um, around my house and uh, it's quite a large fence. And i got, a, obviously, a shed and a gym and, and a tiny other. But take a lot of painting. And uh, so it was two days' worth of solid in the zone, Mr. Miyagi stuff, you know? Oh, wax um, on, wax <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> bear in mind, though, i got two teenage sons who lay in bed at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So they get out at about day two. Day two, Kyle, right? Day two, about 3 p.m. Oh, want a hand, Dad? They literally did three slats, and now they're telling me they helped me paint the fence. <laughs> oh, the youth of today, eh, Well, Sean? at least I've been outside. Outside, you've been doing some sort of bake-off challenge with all your active buddies, haven't you? Yeah, so, I don't know, I just, I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people on, so it's not all bad stuff on social media, you see, and uh, a lot of people I saw are making the most of um, this isolation period and learning new skills, so I thought, what, what, what sort of skills shall I try and learn, and... Um, a few of the actors on set all brag about how much they're uh, they, they're an incredible baker, and I bring these cakes in and that. And I'm like, hang on, let's give this a go. So, I uh, I got to be honest, with you, the first day, I bought um, a ready-made like Betty Crocker mix for a lemon cake, and so that was just easy. Chuck three eggs in with it. 
But the rest of the weekend, I thought, oh, that can't. I, I was like, I to, to Amy, is this a wee big cake? She was like, no, did they just ready made ones to do it really quickly? I was like, so what do you do? So I looked up and then it's like, you get got to get self-raising flour and all these little, no little bottles, like with colorings in and little di- di- different bits of vanilla and... So, um, so yeah, that's what I turned my hand to. When I started off, a, um, I thought, tell what would be good is if I nominate a couple of people from the cast of Outlander. And, uh, and yeah, it, it took off. And, obviously, with the help of the Outlander fans sort of making it trend, um, all of us, all, all the cast of uh, season five, past seasons, have uh, joined in with some fabulous cakes out there, I have to say. I mean, for my one, it was a lovely little rainbow cake, and I... I thought I'd dedicate that because all the um, the children and the parents who uh, do an arts and crafts the children are putting rainbows up in the windows for the NHS. So I thought that would be my little dedication to the situation we're all in. Mate, that was a bit of an inspiration because it was my um, my youngest, 13th birthday, Shauna, uh, on Wednesday. And um, there was good inspiration because uh, we got uh, a rainbow birthday cake to celebrate her 13th birthday. I felt so sorry for her because she'd had a, an 80s party planned, even though she, you know, was clearly born in 2007. <laughs> um, she wanted an 80s party. She'd ordered a lot of 80s, like gloves and leg warmers and earrings and that, and she'd had, she was going to have 10 or 11 girls around. Of course, with this isolation, she couldn't have it. So the five of us, we had an 80s party in the house instead. Oh, bless her. I was on fire, mate, in my Fred Perry, in my leather jacket. <laughs> what was it? What was you? Was you? Uh, was you a mod or a rocker? Or was that a bit early in the? That's the sixties, isn't it? Sorry. Uh, no, I was a mod. I was definitely a mod, and I was a big madness. Adam and the Ants first. Adam and the Ants, and then um, I was a big scar, madness, bad manners, uh, specials. I was definitely one of those. Big ba, ba, <laughs> no, I, I love a bit of Scar as well. Amy uh, Amy was brought up on Madness and Scar and the specials and UB40 and that, so um, no, I can totally appreciate that. I love a bit of Scar myself. What's your favourite um, What's your favorite band then from that, from your sort of pre-teen, teen years growing up? Something that... You year straight away and you're just there, back in your teens, you know, chucking the ball about with the boys or going down the local to have a sneaky pint. It's probably madness, I have to say. That's the most iconic because if you remember, you know, before CDs even and, uh, you know, MP4s and this and the other, they, they were obviously vinyl and 45 singles. And the first single I ever bought, it was in Woolworths in Port Albert. Um, actually, it might have been Merit. Can't remember. Anyway, um, I don't know what that is. We, this was Baggy Trousers by Madness. Brilliant. Um, yeah, Baggy Trousers. You know, pulling air and eating dirt. Teacher comes to break here. They're banging him on the head with a plastic cup. It was. Um, <laughs> and they had this dance Madness. I would say Madness. I loved Adam Yad. But I got to say, my, my music genre is so far-reaching that. Um, I, I, I just love it. And my, my eldest boy, James, has picked that up as well. So uh, what about you? What, what was your first single that you bought? It's probably a CD or so young. Are you yeah. Like <laughs> Mate, 
Now, you just brought back memories, because um, one Christmas, my mother and father bought me a, a little record player with a needle in that, and they bought me It Must Be Love single. I love it, man. And all my, all my mates had had crombies. Do you know what a crombie is? Yes. It's a long black cord with a little red uh, thing. They all had crombies. They came up. Honestly, it was like Bugsy Malone. It was a miniature madness fest on this Christmas day, and I had <laughs> It Must Be Love. I've been to, uh, I took Amy and uh, her dad to see Madness in Birmingham about two years ago. And they were, they were incredible. First time I've ever seen them live. And um, I just remember, I, I loved Madness growing up as well. Obviously, when you're growing up, lots of music gets filtered down through your parents. You know, especially if you've got older brothers and sisters, that gets filtered through as well. So I've got quite a vast uh, taste and... Uh, variety of music that I that I like, but Madness has always been up there for me. And that song there, Must Be Love, is always. I think it might have been the first Madness song I heard, baby. But I've always loved it. And then also, um, I'm a, a musician, Paolo Nettini. Have you heard Paolo Nettini? Yeah, v- a very famous Scottish musician. Well, he also did a cover of that song in a sort of um, a reggae, like sort of slow down version. And uh, and I love that as well. But yeah, but just to let everyone know, I am sat at my piano uh, with the. Kit. That's why I was able to just play that. It, yeah. it's, not a, it such, was, yeah. it's not a sting we put Maybe in. <laughs> ridiculous, link, uh, ridiculous link to rugby. When I was at Bristol with former Scotland head coach Andy Robinson, former England national England coach, um, his favourite band of all time is Madness, right? Yeah. He's mad for it. And Madness came to the uh, Gloucestershire County cricket ground in Bristol and we went to see them. And mate, we all bought fezes and went there. It was brilliant. He went nuts, Andy Robinson. And the reason I mention that is because we're so short of any rugby, mate. You know, it's been really weird for me. My life has been around rugby, whether it be coaching, playing, TV, analysis, whatever. Yeah. Completely devoid of it. And um, I'm delighted that we've got uh, a very special guest on, on this one because... Um, during these times, it's good to find out what the pro rugby players are doing. I don't know if you saw what uh, Guinness Pro 14 had me doing on social media this week, mate. They wanted me to kick off a hashtag, show us your shirts. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Brilliant. And, um, I picked out three shirts. Uh, Scott Gibbs's shirt. I mean, I made a massive error on the second shirt. Um, I, I, I wanted to talk about the 2010 Magnus League final, which I got in my draw here. I'd only pulled out the 2008 EDF final shirt at night. <laughs> Some sharp eyed Osprey fan picked it up. <laughs> Six major trophies and all that. Check it out on the Guinness Pro 14 uh, social media. Shows the shirts. A lot of people have got involved. Ruin Pina, Tommy Poe, Jim Hamilton, Jim William. And I think it's hopefully going to kick on now. So um, that'll be that. But, Kyle, credit to you. Man, I know very well, and you do too now. Uh, we got something very special to interview on this week's podcast. So, we are on the Tuesday Club today with me, Kyle Reese, and Sean Ollie, and we've got an amazing guest we're speaking to right now on the phone, Scotland captain, Stuart Hogg. Hello, Stuart. How are you doing, guys? You all right? Hey, Hoggy, how's it going? Uh, in isolation, obviously. Yeah, mate. Hectic times. Uh, you know, it's a bit a bit tricky, but uh, now that we, we completely understand everything that's going on, and um, just try and tell three under four years old that. I was going to say, it's, uh, it's time at the moment to reintroduce yourself to the kids, is it? 
Oh man, it's actually been quite refreshing because I've I've seen things over the last kind of couple of days that I've not normally had the chance to do. You know, obviously being away at training all day, um, you know, helping out with the with the lunches, picking them up from school, taking them to to nursery, etc. Um, building trampolines. Oh mate, building trampolines this morning. <laughs> Tell my back that holy hecker. Um, but now it's definitely something that needs to be done. So obviously, if we're going into isolation over the next couple of weeks, then we need some. Uh, uh, something to tire the kids out. So uh, no, it was, it was good to get these kind of things done. But as I say, it has been a little bit refreshing, and uh, well, the kids' uh, times are tough, but we'll get on with it. It's uh, it's something still that people don't realise. Is it when you're in professional rugby, they people think, oh, you're living the dream. But you, you know, you do miss when you got young kids. You miss lots of stuff, don't you? You know, things like the school run and weekends in particular. You know, when, when they grow up a bit now, start playing sport. It's uh, it's quite nice to spend some time with them. I would have thought. No, nah, it is quality. As I say, like you, you used to be in, you know, in a training, uh, the crack it on, and not not getting back till after after tea time uh, on Sundays. So uh, there has been a lot a lot different to normal. Um, you know, the, the kids started a, a new nursery as well. Uh, just in the last couple of days, um, my son actually, who's four years old, was was tearing up the the, the previous nurseries. So <laughs> it was a kind of you know, when we went back to Scotland for the Six Nations. Obviously, Jill and the kids went up there. I went back to their old nursery uh, back back in Hoyk. Um but yeah, when we came back down to Exeter the last week, but uh, to change to change nurseries because he was tearing up trees. So chip off the uh, old block, then is it or? Ah, <laughs> uh, straight off the life side, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, a new challenge for them, but they, they seem to enjoy the last couple of days, and you know, it's good to be back down and, and settling in. And so, what's the protocol? The life indoors. What's the protocol? Um, the conditioners must be tearing their hair out. I mean, what, what what are you meant to do? I mean, you can't go for a run or whatever. You've got somewhere in the house you can just take over or, or what? Yeah, I mean, as, as you say, the, uh, the conditioners are pulling their hair out. But unfortunately for us, uh, Twigsy's not got much left, uh, so <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be grand. Um, but yeah, no, like, look at, I'm, I'm quite keen on, on keeping myself in shape, you know, I've... Uh, you know, worked hard over the last couple of years. Um, you know, I've lost a fair bit of weight and, and put on a little bit of muscle. So uh, I am keen on, on keeping myself in the best shape possible. Um, you know, I've, I've got a, a gym platform uh, in the garage, uh, getting a, a bike delivered uh, tomorrow. And then next week, actually, we're, we're renovating the whole garage um, into a gym. Uh, so hopefully uh, that can that can still happen um, and just keep myself ticking over because, as I say, I'm, I'm keen on... I'm keeping keeping in shape, uh, but it will be challenging like everybody else. We're kind of seeing this as a uh, a kind of holiday before going back into a pre-season block almost. Um, but like like everything, you, you have to keep yourself taking over, and, and it's, it's also ref- like refreshing for your mind as well, just to to keep constantly going and and challenge yourself. This is a different challenge that that nobody's ever experienced before, but mm. I guess. When it comes back to the rugby being on, it's 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 who's coped with the challenge the best. It's that's going to be successful. Well, obviously, uh, still we're talking about everyone being in isolation now. Me being an actor, um, I watch a lot of films. Sean's been watching a lot of films with his family as well. What uh, what what sort of things are you into then? What films are we watching in the uh, Hog household? Oh, man, as you can imagine, there's a lot of, a lot of kids telly on uh, during the day. <laughs> uh, Toy Story 4 is a, a, a favourite of mine uh, Moana really enjoy that I, I, I want to hear, hear you singing a Moana song before we finish the call <laughs> absolutely no chance <laughs> there is no chance absolutely no chance 
Um, but yeah, the kind of the kind of things that that we that Jill and I watch. Uh, we watch a lot of Netflix. We're on uh, Money Heist. Uh, obviously, we've watched Outlander. Um, I think I'm three series into Outlander, so I, I'm not sure you've made an appearance. Oh, mate, yet, mate, you, it you, goes downhill you, from you, there. You keep telling me about you keep telling me a Hollywood actor, but I still haven't seen you anywhere. Hey, hey listen, we've um, just we've just had Katrina on the phone, Claire Fraser herself. So. Uh, you know, last week uh, she has actually told everybody that I'm a dream to work with. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll, well, we'll listen back and hear what she's got to say. But um, now, there's loads of different things we, we try and keep ourselves uh, keep ourselves going. But um, if there's any recommendations you got for us, then then, then we'll be on on board. But uh, we've got a lot of time over the next couple of weeks, I reckon, to to try new things and, and see what we're up to. Uh, but we're we're really quite good at binge watching stuff. Um, if we've given the, the opportunity, obviously with three young kids, the chances of all three of them going to bed at the same time and staying in bed is, is uh, <laughs> very, very slim. Um, so we often get a half episode here and a half episode there. So well, eventually we'll get we'll get through stuff. But now we, we are keen on watching the TV series and films. So uh, you, you, we'll, just we'll keep, just, uh, you just keep you just keep persevering without Glander, mate, and uh, you'll get to me. I promise. Oh mate, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> how 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 this, I've got a serious man crush on Sam Hewn as well. How 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 cool is he? Mate, he's excited to meet you. I told him to get you on set. Oh, mate, he follows me on social media. I couldn't believe it. When he, when he followed me, I was like, holy heck. <laughs> do, do you remember when we were on the flight and you sent him a picture of yourself? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you sent him a photo of me, you <laughs> <laughs> And you had a lovely haircut then, as well, i got to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was before it all fell out with the... Um, with a die. Well, I know, and and, 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 I, and I, I know. all over again. I know you're following Hoggy because you you might not know this, Kyle, but I, I was um, I was on a cruise, Mediterranean cruise, with my family, right? And um, I, you know me, I like to try and train, but particularly on holiday. So on a cruise, you you've got the deck around the top. So I used to run around the deck, go in the gym for a little bit early in the morning. I'd come out one morning. And I could see this guy coming towards me, and he, he put his hand up and he said, uh, Sean, uh, lovely to meet you. Uh, enjoy your... old man, wasn't it? Yeah, it was your dad. <laughs> and, and yeah, I, he, said, he told me all about that. Yeah, yeah, he was. And he said, I love your analysis on uh, Scrum 5 and, and all this Premier Sports. And I said, oh, thanks very much, really kind. I said, um, you know, I don't normally get a Scotsman saying that to me. He said, I'm Stuart Hogg's dad. <laughs> oh, oh, I said, oh, great to meet you. What a lovely fella, and your mum. Oh, mate, my, my, my old man is a rugby pig, mate. Absolute <laughs> rugby pig. Do you know, like, he, um, like, obviously, I like, got a lot, of, a lot of time for old man. He was the one that kind of got me into rugby and stuff. But my old man, actually, um, he refereed the Celtic League. Oh, did he? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he refereed the Celtic League. So we used to kind of follow him all over the place. Um, we'd be down to Wales a few times. My mum followed him everywhere. And, uh, now, he loved this. As I say, like, he'll know exactly who everybody in the rugby world is and, and just loves to introduce himself to everybody. Yeah, um, he's a smashing man. Give him my he'll, regards. He'll, he'll, the, the, the best thing is he'll never like introduce himself as, as um, my dad straight away. Like he'll always, you know, let a few things go by and, and then casually just drop it into the conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, but as I say, he's, he's, he's rugby daft and loves it. So he, like, he'll sit and he, he used to watch Scrum 5 on the Sunday nights. We used to hold it. Um, he used to make us uh, sit down and watch it, so yeah. man, he loves it, man. Uh, well, give him my regards. Lovely man, lovely man. Now, it, it must be pretty surreal, Six Nations. Uh, you, you picked up two wins, two great performances, and then you're coming down to Wales, who were a bit shaky, three defeats. 
And you must have been thinking, oh, we're in with a real shout to you in Cardiff. And then for it to be called off so late, what was the mood like in the camp? Yeah, I think obviously it's, it's completely understandable, the, the fact that it's postponed and stuff. But you put all that kind of stuff to the side and concentrate purely on the rugby, I think we were in a very, very good place. Um, you know, everybody always talks about um, being in a good place and, and training really well. But there's a lot of confidence within our squad. And obviously the, the first couple of games aren't ideal from a personal point of view, but obviously for the team as well. But the fact that we had the ability to bounce back against Italy and then front up and, and beat France at home, like nobody gave us any chance of beating France, especially on the form that they were on. Um, so when we were coming down to Wales, we truly believed we could go down there and win. And I think for us, you kind of look at it in, in a time to play Wales. Is there a good time to play Wales? Probably not, but I think you know, going into that game last Saturday, as you say, they were coming off the back of three defeats. Uh, they're going to play at home again. It would been a, a huge challenge for us. But these are the games you want to be involved in. These are the games that uh, you picked up rugby ball as a kid to to play for. Um, and I honestly think, like the way we were playing and the you know the amount of confidence we had, we, we could have beaten Wales. Um, and everybody will kind of look at it and go, absolutely no chance. But we we don't listen to what anybody else out with our four walls of the changing room have to say we just concentrate purely on ourselves and as I say we believe we could we could win Yeah we played some real good stuff uh, against France in particular now you brought it up Hoggy not me what 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 was what, give us what was the best bit of banter after the drop in the ball incident what was the best bit of banter that you came up across in the following weeks because you had to go back and play in the premiership Yeah I think I think the best bit it was was generally the the fact that um, you know I did make a couple of costly errors like look I'm human I'm 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 going to make mistakes like like everybody else but uh, some of it like I've got a lot of time for for people I don't mind being the brunt of the jokes I don't mind um, you know people giving me a bit of banter here and there but when it starts to become a bit repetitive and a bit poisonous that's when I get yeah. really quite it, it does hurt like at the end of the day as I say we are human and and these things happen to us but I think. The best thing for me was the fact that I got to go back down and play for Exeter uh, against Gloucester at King's Home, which is a game that I was really looking forward to. You know, as I say, I'm brought up in a rugby family. We, we loved rugby, uh, and, and King's Home was a place that I always wanted to play at, um, and against Gloucester, which is a, a rugby-daft uh, town. Um, no, it was good to go back down there, and as I say, we were, we were defending on our line for you know, a few minutes and that, that bottom corner, uh, there's a fair bit of abuse coming from there, but <laughs> funny, it was quite funny. Um, and it, like I was dying just to do something really quite good in that game. And it just so happened in the second half, I got to dive over and score right in front of them. Um, so as you saw by the, the, the trier, held on out with both hands and dived. And, <laughs> I was just going to say, that was my... And put it, put it back down again. So I wasn't making the same mistake again. That was and my favourite one. My oh, favourite try celebration. I remember I was watching the game. Uh, we spoke a bit before the game and that. And I would take my hat off to you, Augie. There's, there's not many international captains that in the break weeks of Six Nations will go back and play for the clubs. But uh, you came out in that game and you scored that try. And I just, I remember speaking to you after the celebration of you looking at the crowd and holding on to oh, that man. ball for dear life and diving onto the, onto the, onto the grass, you know. Brilliant. Yeah, I, want, I, wanted, I wanted people like... For, First and foremost, for myself, for 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 me to to score a try and to in that kind of manner, you know, I I didn't actually run over the line with the ball to score a try for over two years. Wow! Uh, it was all it was all just little kick throughs. I scored three three or four kick throughs 
that I had next to nothing to do with. Just literally touch it down. So for me to run over the trial and with that kind of that kind of score was was great for me. Um, but then with the celebration, etc., like right in front of them, like I wanted people to, to kind of see my character as well. Like I am, I never take myself too seriously when there's a time to have a bit of fun. Like I want people to understand that as well because everybody gets to see. You know the rugby player, shoot off the rugby player. Nobody gets to see shoot off the person, and you you know what what I'm like. I, I don't take myself too seriously, so yep, yep. Um, I'm hoping that kind of came across in the celebration that I can take the banter here and there and um, have a bit of fun with it. But I came back to that game and I said to my wife, she, my wife said, "Did you enjoy that?" And I said, "I absolutely loved it." And she was like, "Reason being, so I said the fact that we won the game first and foremost that was a huge challenge for us." But then the, the ability to score a trial like that and, and actually play reasonably quite well, I was really, really happy with that. And it gave me my love of the game back again because I went through a couple of years of not enjoying rugby, just picking up injuries, not performing well, loads of different bits and pieces. Um, but then like to kind of come back and, and score like that, I said to Jill, um, I said, I'm going to score a trial that's very, very similar in wow. the next couple of games. And then uh, you went on to score that know, absolute stormer. I know, I know what happens, man. Like it comes, like tries. They come, like like the London buses. You never see them for ages. Then all come at the same time. Yeah. Um. And I knew that. You know, I backed my ability to score a try like that again. And thankfully, kind of, we got a dry ball in Italy, and it, and, it, and I pulled it off. So. Yeah. So um, the ups and downs, momentum. It's massive, isn't it? You know that try you scored against Italy. Huge. Then is yeah. And, and how much of a a Philip has it been? You know, changes good as a rest sometimes. Hoggy and going down to Exeter. You know, they recruit really well on not just talent but personality. And likewise, for a player like yourself, going in Rob Baxter's culture must be really refreshing for you, having been in Scotland so long. Refreshing being the perfect word. That's a word that I've used numerous times. I think and I was very, very fortunate to, to come to a club like Exeter. You know, I got to to pick a club that I watched over the last couple of years. had a had a close interest in them. Uh, loved the way they played, and the fact that, that that nobody, everybody wants to stay at this club. You know, you've got some of the best talent in England. The likes of Jack Noel, Henry Slade, Luke Cowan, Dickey. But these guys want to be a part of this club, and that excited me. Um, and as you say, coming down here in November after the World Cup best thing that's ever happened as, as tough as it was to leave Glasgow after nine years it has been the best rugby decision that I could ever have made and probably a life decision as well good for um, you we get to we get to experience a, a, a different competition a different club to get to learn even more on and off the field um, and the weather's a little bit better than it is in <laughs> Scotland as well well good for um, you boy and you got especially Glasgow Lots to look forward to as well now we get this blinking virus out of the way and you know there's some talk down here particularly Pro 14 possibly some summer rugby trying to close a few things out then a big autumn and then Six Nations and Lions to look forward to so you know you keep yourself in shape boy and uh, you know we'll see more of uh, the Stuart Hogg we've seen in the last couple of games. Here's hoping, man. Here's hoping. Thank you very much. Listen, uh, we've got a few minutes left with you, Hoggy Boy. I just want to ask you something, though, because Sean wouldn't touch on it because he's a professional, but I'm not. So I just want to know what what the score was going to be when when you came down to Cardiff. Ah, the score. I don't know. I don't know. I think, you know, that's kind of two teams that both pride themselves on our defence. And we've defended really, really well. I think we were going into that last game... um, with the the best defensive record throughout the Six Nations, so hopefully we'd have kept uh, Wales to not very much, and we scored one point more. And just on that, Hoggy, uh, an old player of mine, 
Steve Tandy has joined your coaching ranks along with a guy I worked with at Bristol, Danny Wilson. How, how, have, you, um, how have you found those two in your coaching team? Brilliant. Brilliant guys, you know, they work incredibly hard to, to get the best out of themselves, to get the best out of the coaches, uh, but ultimately get the best out of the players. And, you know, we go into to training every single day with um, energy and enthusiasm to to learn, uh, to want to improve. And, and you've got two guys there along with the rest of the coaches that, that are quality. You know, Steve Tandy's came in and uh, implemented a, a defence structure that we don't feel stressed. Um, we, we feel complete, completely in control of what we're doing. Um and he gives us the freedom to, to try different things. He challenges us to uh, uh, to try and stay high out wide um, uh, and just try and shut teams down. But if, if you make a mistake, you understand what what, what mistake you've made and uh, just get on with it. And that's the thing. Boys have got the ability now to, to try different things. If it comes off, then, then brilliant. But if not, uh, then we learn and improve and, and just make sure we don't make the, the same mistake. And, and it's exactly same with Danny. You know, he works you know, a lot closer with, with the forwards than, than the backs. But, I've got a lot of time for for both guys off the field. You know, I sit and have coffee with them every single day, and uh, and and chew their ear off with, with different bits and pieces. And you know, we're, we're very fortunate in Scotland to have coaches that uh, that want to improve themselves and ultimately improve the team. And um, you know, they're two cracking guys, along with, with Gregor and the rest of the coaching staff. Well, I'd like to think they've had a good mentor, but uh, that's <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. We, Steve Tandy's taken a bit of stick over, especially for me, because obviously I love uh, I say rugby. I remember watching um, the Ospreys when you had them, and they were unbelievable. When they had likes of Nicky Walker and that, when you were a fellow white boy playing. Yeah. Um, used to watch that team and uh, used to wind Steve Tandy up about never never actually playing. It was always Marty Holland and Jerry <laughs> Collins and Phil Atia Atia. So, um, any time I remember... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'd just give along. But I remember uh, Steve the other week was, was was doing a drill with us. He was kind of on our knees, fighting, fighting to get the ball back and and present for our nine. And he was a kind of jackler. Um, and he didn't manage to turn me over, uh, but I said uh, Marty Hollywood. Um, <laughs> that would have gone down well. Absolutely raging after it. <laughs> he was like, right, hoggy bed, you're coming, you're coming here. <laughs> you want to ask him, right? Just uh, last rugby one. You want to ask him by the time he came to my house because. We kept picking Marty Hollett and, you know, the coaches, like we do a lot of coding and we, we, you know, we watch a lot of the performances and he would every week, he'd say, why aren't I playing? I said, well, Marty Hollett's playing pretty well, you know. No, no. I'm, no, I'm better than him. Uh, I should be in. I said, well, and he came to my house as well, Steve, right? He's in my kitchen. I'm trying to convince him that, that the 40 all black cap behind Josh Cromfeld and Richie McCaw was playing better than him. And I don't think <laughs> oh, until man. probably now he'd accept it. But uh, that's one for you in the bar. As for Steve Tandy, Mike, uh, Mike Blair. <laughs> so we do all these kind of telestrations on our huddle up and, and um, all the different bits and pieces. And one day, uh, Mike Blair <clears throat> talked about his kind of thing about, you know, timing the tackle and then fending and trying to get off those, et cetera. And Mike put a photo up from when he played against the Ospreys. And it was an absolute belter of a fend by Luke's and he's broken a tackle. And I was like, ah, oh, fair play, Mike. Lo and behold, the tackler was Steve Tandy. <laughs> <laughs> and and I didn't realise that at the time. And so everything that you know Steve's on about, you know, getting up and, and chopping the feet and you know putting your body in front, he's on the complete opposite in that tackle, which has the be- been the best find ever. So uh, no, he's taking a bit of stick about that. But look, they're two great guys, and uh, hopefully they're, they're there for a long, long yeah, time. They're good men. They're good men. Right, so we're gonna have a bit of fun with you now, mate. If that's all right. Yep. 
Right. Obviously, like I said just now, me being an actor, every time we have a guest on the Tuesday Club podcast, whether they're a rugby guest or an actor guest, there are a few questions that we go through with them. So the first one I'm going to ask you is, what would be your top three films that you would take with you if you, well, you are stuck on a desert island technically, but what would your top three films be? Oh, mate, now you're talking. Um, <laughs> oh, holy heck, you put me on the spot here. Uh, I would say Law Abiding Citizen. Love it, Jared Butler. Yeah, stick, sticking with the roots for there, mate. Scottish actor, brilliant. Uh, um, what else? Uh, oh, mate, you've really tricked me out. Godfather. Oh, Which nice. part? Part one or part two? I tell you what, I'm going to go Law Abiding Citizen, Godfather 1, Godfather 2. Oh, oh nice. Fair play. nice. I was going to say, there's a lot There's a lot of people there that'll say, oh, yeah, The Godfather, but a lot of people just say, oh, uh, I don't know, just The Godfather, but you got to, you, you know if it's a movie buff, if they know which parts are the best, but fair play, God, yeah. part one and part two are pretty good. I thought he was yeah. going to say, like, Highlander, <laughs> Robert the Bruce, and... Uh, <laughs> Trains brave heart, yeah, brave, brave heart, yeah, brave heart. <laughs> next time, no, we'll, next we'll time we go with the white we'll wash. Definitely, we'll definitely add, uh, we'll add definitely add brave heart because it's a bit English stuff. That's always good. <laughs> next time you go over the white wash, mate. If I don't see you mouthing freedom, I'm gonna give you a text. <laughs> oh mate, <laughs> I'll try. Next, next question is: If there was a film made about Stuart Hogg's life, your career, who would play you in the movie? Oh. I know we did this on the Tuesday Club, didn't we? And I, you weren't too happy about yeah, who, Sean's. Who did you pick again? Who did you pick again? Um, I don't know. I can't remember. I picked Aid Edmondson. <laughs> oh my god! Who, who did we say? We said um, when I did shoot. You did. Um, I said Sam. I think I said Sam. Yeah. Sam, did I say Sam? Yeah, I said Sam. Sam Hugh and I said would play you. I think you were happy with that. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. 100% happy with that. He's got a man across. You'll have to put on a little bit of weight and get rid of a six-pack first, but I think you'll be all right. <laughs> oh, I've seen the size of him as well, mate. He's, he's a he's a tall fella, mate. Oh, he's a big goose. He's a handsome bugger. <laughs> He's a handsome bugger. Definite man crush, yeah. Hoggy, brilliant. Listen, you got your kids to get back to. You got Peppa Pig or Moana Toy Story 4. Or Toy Story no, 4. Uh, really appreciate taking some That's time up in your self-isolation. Keep yourself fit, boy, because we love watching you play. And uh, let's hope that uh, Wales and Scotland get it on later on in the year. But if not, then good luck for whatever remains with Exeter and Scotland and then obviously into next season. Thanks so much for coming on the Tuesday Club. Don't forget to say Thank you very much, guys. To the old man, Stuart Hogg, you've been a legend. Cheers, Hoggy boy. Cheers, guys. Take care. Ta-ra, What a bloke. What a bloke. For, really, really chuffed that he uh, was able to uh, call in today. Um, it is funny. Like I was saying, I met him. Uh, I was flying up to Glasgow um, to, uh, I think it was on like a Sunday afternoon, and we were fly. I was flying up to start shooting again uh, for Outlander, and uh, I was standing. And obviously, everyone, well, you know me. If I spot a rugby player, I fall to pieces. But uh, I just thought, oh, hang on a minute. Now this is a Scottish rugby player that I'm bumping into. He might know what Outlander is. He might know who I am. And uh, considering I've only been in four episodes of Outlander so far, but I was quite heavily featured in those episodes anyway. Um, I was in the queue and he, he stood behind me and he still had his bleach blonde hair. He was going through his bleach blonde hair phase at this point. 
And um, I was just standing there and I was just like, plucking up the courage. I was like turning, seeing if he noticed me, see if he said hello. And uh, and he didn't. But in, in the end, I was just like, oh, do you know what? Uh, I'm just going to say hello. So I just turned around. And every night, <laughs> I'm sure I've told you this before, um, every time I see a rugby player or a rugby personality that I don't know, the first thing I, I say to them is, all right, Kyle Reese, Sean Ollie's mate. <laughs> I don't know why, but it was even before before we started the podcast. Obviously, we've been mates for a while, but I thought I would just do, I'd lead him. All right, mate, Kyle, Kyle Reese it is, actor Sean Ollie's mate, you know, from uh, Premier Sports. Scrum. Oh, yeah, how's it going? But um, I said something along the lines of that, and uh, I, I followed him anyway. So I'd seen he'd been down uh, playing in the um, the Four Nations uh, charity golf match celebrity pro am in the Celtic Manor. So I, we were just chatting about that in the queue, and uh, it, we actually ended up sitting right next to each other on the plane as well. So um, I was telling him why I was up there, what I was filming, and then that's when we clicked. Then because he was like, "Oh my god, I love Outlander." He was like, "Do you know Claire Fraser? Do you know Jamie Fraser?" I was like, "Yeah." That's uh, that's what all my storylines are with, and um, he, I was telling him then that uh, Sam Hewan, who's uh, the lead, one of the leads in the show, absolutely is rugby mad as well. He's always going to Murrayfield to watch the games, and um, I'm sure he'd love to have Hoggy come on set. So Hoggy took my phone off him, off me as I was texting him, and took a picture. You can't see the face that I'm pulling out, but it's a it's a funny face, and uh, and then sent it away to Sam. So yeah, and that's uh, that's how we became mates, and we just. Literally just chatting, and you know, I'll send him uh, a good luck message before every uh, Scotland game because they're the big ones for him. And you know, if he's, uh, I didn't send him anything, mind when he when he dropped that ball. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great that uh, he came on, give us time, and it's interesting, isn't it? To figure out how professional rugby players are managing. You know, it's difficult for them because they get told what to do. They get given kit, they get given their food, they yeah. get timetable. You know, do this, and now they're at home. And, you know, it's, you know, to get the right sort of conditioning in for them is difficult. Now, I've been listening to people from the English Premiership, hierarchy. I've been speaking to some of the Guinness Pro Podium. Who knows how long this isolation is going to last? And they're still hopeful, Kyle, that maybe there'll be some rugby in the summer. Yeah. Uh, finish off competition, shorten the pre-season to next season. Um, so let's hope it all clears up by then and people like Hoggy can, can get back involved with it. Isn't it ironic that he's a big Outlander fan and he's got a man, man crush on Sam as well? We've got to get Sam on this podcast, haven't we? Yeah, well, uh, you know, Sam Sam is... Uh, all, the, all the people that we are getting on lately are, you know, right up there in the uh, in the, in, in the sort of standard of guests. Uh, I think we're, we're, we're getting very lucky, but... Um, you know, Sam. Sam is a busy man as well, so I'm sure he'd uh, take some time out to have a chat with us as well because uh, he's a very, very funny, funny man. There we are. Sorry, I'll carry on. You just dipped out there, mate. I got you back now, though. Uh, no, but as I say, he's very. Sam's very, very funny man. He's very charming, and um, him and Katrina really. Uh, they they are both two of the um, the nicest people that you, that you could ever meet. Um, so welcome into everybody. Um, and I've been on some sets, right, mate, with some big actors. I've been very fortunate in my career so far, and um, I've never seen, you know, there's the time old thing of, uh, you know, the stars don't mingle with the extras, and, you know, there's been, there's been shown on, like, Ricky Gervais's programme extras where they don't sit on the same bus and this and that, but um, they have got time for everybody, and I mean, you know, there could be a supporting artist that's there just for three hours, 
and they'll be speaking to them as if they've been working with them for five years. Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I'm sure he'll come on and uh, and he'll be uh, he'll be a good laugh to chat to as well. Well, mate, we're very lucky. We got a, another special guest next week. Um, very very interesting guy. Uh, big rugby connection. Uh, talk to him about lots of different things other than rugby, which is really interesting to get to know this. Dare I say, national treasure of Wales. More about next week's guest a little bit later in the week. I would definitely say national treasure, and I was absolutely giddy when uh, when he said he was going to come on for us. But uh, no, I think it was another one of those episodes where I just was so well mesmerized, really. And um, obviously, I know you. You do, you work with all the the top people, and um, you know I see you. Uh, you know I'm a massive rugby fan. I watch you week in week out, John, on the TV, and I speak to you and. You know, if I'm if I'm at an event with you, but um, just to watch you and him back and forth, I was just sat there like you won't really hear much of me next week, which a lot of people will be quite <laughs> quite happy about, I suppose. But um, but no, it was great just to watch it, and I, I I could have sat there for four or five hours just listening to the stories and that. But uh, yeah, we'll um, we'll we'll send some announcements out on the the social media, which is at Tuesday Club underscore on Twitter and at Tuesday Club podcast on Instagram. You can follow us there, find out what we've been up to, what's coming up on the Tuesday Club. There we are. I've done the first promo for <laughs> the social medias and I didn't mess it up. I was off the cuff as well. <laughs> and it's probably wise for us to stay, Kyle, to all our followers and our new ones, our Outlander fans are out there. Look, that, um, you know, we don't just talk about rugby. A lot of people have come and given us great feedback and say, I don't know too much about rugby, but love the stuff. We want to talk about all sorts, films, TV, music, as well as rugby. The guys that we have on have links to to both, and uh, with yeah, our heritage, yeah. Island, our sort of uh, fanatical attitude towards rugby, and then film and TV, then we want to make that marriage work. So stick with us, because we're having all sorts of guests, and there will be some real good Outlander guests coming up very, very shortly, uh, even if it is on the phone, in self-isolation. So um, what you got coming up this week, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, more of the same, mate. I don't know. Well, I've mastered the art of baking now, so... Uh, I don't know, maybe I'll try and... Uh, do you know what? Do you know what's a shout, actually? I've always been very... Not ashamed, because I suppose it was it's not my fault. Well, up until I was probably about 18, I suppose it wasn't my fault. But uh, I might... I've heard that there's a few good online uh, crash courses. Crash... Can't even talk now. That's right. We haven't, I haven't spoke to somebody for so long, I don't even know how to talk anymore. <laughs> um, crash courses on learning Welsh. Well, all different languages, but uh, Welsh especially, because... Whenever I've, uh, you know, we've both we're both very well travelled in our careers. Uh, you obviously a lot more than me um, because you've been going a lot longer than me. Um, but um, uh, it, I've always gone away and people say, "Oh, do you speak Welsh?" And I've always been very embarrassed to say, "No, I don't speak my own language." Yeah. You know, it's um, it's it's partly my parents' fault for not sending me to a Welsh school. So tut tut, mum and dad. Uh, it's partly uh, the English government's fault for trying to suppress our historic and um, l- you know brilliant language. Um, so you know the Welsh knot and all that. If they if they ever you'd uh, children speaking Welsh in school, they'd hang a big, massive, really heavy wooden cross uh, tied on a really raggedy rope around their neck, and it was called the Welsh knot. So. You know, anyway, we won't get into anything like that. Um, but no, I think I might have a little go at learning Welsh, maybe. Well, good for you, mate. Good for you. I picked up my guitar again this morning, a little practice, and um, 
I, I, as you know, I'm a big fly fisherman, and I've never learned the art of tying flies. I got all the stuff here, so I might just teach myself a little bit of that. So uh, yeah, keep busy, mate. But most importantly, uh, stay safe. And the same to all our listeners here. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. We'll have more next week. The very special guest again. Uh, but stay safe. It's uh, it's about saving lives and protecting the NHS. In the Please UK. stay home. Stay home if you and, and don't go out unless you really, really have to. Because that is that that is the biggest thing. Is people like ourselves now. We've had all the guests. We've been talking about it. Stay home and stay safe because that is the way to save lives. So see you next week, bud. See you next week, mate. The Tuesday Club is available to listen to on Spotify and iTunes.